Hello, my friend. If you're a pastor, this podcast is for you. Let's talk shepherdology. This is episode eight of Shepherdology. My name is Dean Taylor, and Shepherdology is for pastors. I desire to be a friend to pastors, and it's been a blessing and privilege to become a friend to a number of you. I'm really grateful for uh, just the opportunity that I have to speak into your mind and life, and thank you so much for listening. I've just been really blessed to see the number of downloads here during the past couple of weeks, and it seems like some of you are starting to listen, maybe you're new Uh, in listening to the podcast, and so welcome to you. And uh, again, it's just my privilege and blessing to come alongside and speak a few words into your life that hopefully encourage you. And again, I want to be a pastor's friend, and I start each of these podcasts with an encouraging truth, and I prayerfully select something that I hope will just point your mind and heart in a good direction. And here's one for you. There's a little book that has really encouraged me over the years, and I think I might have shared something from it before, but it's called The Glory of the Ministry, and it's by A.T. Robertson. Now, you might know of A.T. Robertson as a Greek scholar and uh, commentary writer. Uh, Robertson's Word Pictures is a resource that's always been very helpful to me, and maybe it has to you. But I came across this little book when I was looking for some resources on 2 Corinthians, And when I found it and began to look it over, I realized that actually it's written for pastors and especially for discouraged pastors. So I highly recommend this book. It's called The Glory of the Ministry by A.T. Robertson. And there are reprints available. So if you go to Amazon, uh, you can find it. uh, And not uh, too expensive, I don't think. So I just encourage you to maybe pick it up. And one of the points that he makes here is this. He says... Uh, He gives the idea that you did not choose to be a pastor. God chose to make you one. Now, just think about that for a second. You didn't choose to be a pastor, probably. Now, there may be some uh, a process of decision-making you went through and seeking God's direction and making choices that led you into pastoral ministry, but ultimately, God is the one who chose to make you a pastor. As Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.12, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And in the same way, God has called you to ministry. Uh, here's how A.T. Robertson says this about Paul. He says, Paul did not appoint himself to this task. In fact, he was seized in spite of himself and turned around when he was doing his utmost against Christ. That's on page 48 of The Glory of the Ministry by A.T. Robertson. So he's saying Paul didn't appoint himself to be in ministry. God chose him. In fact, he uses the word seized. God seized him. And I wrote in the margin here of this little book, yes, neither did I, exclamation point. I didn't choose to be in the ministry. God worked in my life to bring me to the place where I was yielded and submitted and following his direction in my life. Let me quote a little bit further down the page here. God brought Paul and the rest into the ministry and equipped them for the service. 
See, that's really important to keep in mind. If God is the one who chose you for ministry, he also will equip you, and he has equipped you and enabled you for that ministry. Uh, Robertson goes on to say it's not self-complacency, but trust in God that fills Paul with holy courage to face a hostile and unbelieving world with the story of redemption in Christ Jesus. So here's the encouraging truth. You didn't choose to be a pastor. God chose to make you one. And if he chose you, he's going to enable you for that ministry, and you can have confidence and courage. He calls it holy courage. Trust in God will fill you with a holy courage to face your responsibilities, possibly even challenges and problems, maybe even resistance and opposition. And God will give you what you need to get through that and to face it and to be faithful through it. So just be encouraged by that. You didn't choose to be a pastor. God chose to make you one. 1 Timothy 1.12 uh, Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. And if God chose you and put you in the ministry, he has enabled you and you can trust him and you can face your challenges with holy courage. So I hope and pray that you will do that this week. Now, we started on the last episode uh, talking about what is a healthy pastor. So this is episode eight, and we're going to continue on this topic of what is a healthy pastor. I shared with you the text, 3 John, verses 1 and 2, where John wrote, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. And John's prayer for Gaius, who was some kind of spiritual leader, possibly an elder, possibly a pastor, uh, that he would have general success. He says, I pray that you may prosper in all things, but also that he would be physically well, he says, and that you'd be in health. And he then talks about the fact that he also has a, a thriving soul. He says, just as your soul prospers. So John was praying for this, this man who he cared about, who was a spiritual leader there, and he's praying that he would have general success, that he'd be physically healthy, and have a thriving soul. So I defined pastoral health in this way. Pastoral health is stewardship of your body and cultivation of your inner man in order to most effectively fulfill your calling to shepherd the flock of God. Another way of saying it is, a healthy pastor is physically well and has a thriving soul. Now, we started last time talking about some basic practices that cultivate pastoral health, and I, I only was able to, uh, to talk about one of them, the first one, and um, that is communion with God. And we talked about communion with God that is meaningful and fresh and consistent, and also that you should be on guard against temptation so that you will maintain that communion with God. So I want to encourage you to continue thinking about that one, but we're going to start right into the next practice that cultivates pastoral health. And I have nine of them all together, so let's see if we can get through a few more of these today. So the second basic practice that cultivates pastoral health is companionship with your wife. 
Now, again, I spent a session or two on this, uh, an episode or two on this already, so I'm not going to uh, spend a lot of time, but let me just, just hit a couple of important areas of this. So to be a healthy pastor, you need to have companionship with your wife, and that includes unhindered communication. Can you talk about anything with your wife? Are there any hot buttons, any areas where if the uh, the conversation goes a certain direction, all of a sudden you find yourself getting angry? What about over years of marriage, 25, 30? Do you find yourself drifting or are you staying close? Don't drift, stay close. So unhindered communication and then your hearts together in ministry. It's important that both of you are and remain committed to fulfilling God's calling on your life to ministry. And then companionship with your wife by just enjoying life together. You should have something you enjoy doing together at every stage of life. So being a healthy pastor involves communion with God and companionship with your wife. And again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the episodes where I talk about that and spend some time really thinking that through. Now, here's a third area to uh, to focus on in practicing that, that, that is a basic practice for pastoral health. It's having a close connection with each of your children. Now, I was a dad. We have four children, and when they were young, life is busy, and especially if you're in ministry, and uh, you know, you're always trying to balance home responsibilities and, and church work and urgent needs. And that's always challenging. But here's a way that I think you can really focus and have a healthy uh, relationship with your children. First of all, focused time. You're busy. You're easily distracted by work and other things. Block out time to be one-on-one with each of your children. It may be one per week, or you may have some kind of of a cycle like that, but just make sure that you're blocking out one-on-one time with each of your children. So focus time. Secondly, extended conversations. It's especially important as your children are starting to think for themselves and ask questions that they can talk to you about anything. And, and you know, you, sometimes you just have to do something together with, again, one of your children. You know, go for a walk or go to, you know, a fast food restaurant or, or fishing or to the park or just something simple so that you can have extended conversations with them along the way when you're going and coming and while you're there and just develop that ability to communicate uh, not just about surface issues or what's happening in the moment but what they're thinking about. So focused time, extended conversations, and then having a spiritually nurturing influence with each of your children. Now, what does that look like? Well, we think of family devotions, of course, but just having the heart to see your each of your children come to know God for who he is. Again, not just talking about Bible verses or, or facts or Bible, you know, trivia, but, but just really thinking about who God is and helping them know the God that you know, and then encouraging them to develop a relationship with God for themselves. Of course, that includes trusting Christ as Savior and being baptized and, and yielding their life to the Lord. Now, you can't force this on them. You can't make them choose to follow God, but you can have a spiritually nurturing influence on them and, and again, this almost goes without saying, but 
uh, you know, it's good to think about and just to check and evaluate. All right, do I have this? Maybe talk to your wife and ask her, do you think I have a spiritually nurturing influence on each of our children? And if not, how could I or how can I improve that? So we're talking about these basic practices that cultivate pastoral health, communion with God, companionship with your wife, a close connection with each child, and then here's the fourth one, disciplined physical habits. Disciplined physical habits. This gets personal, and I know we all fall into our little habits and and patterns of life, but it's important that you have a healthy diet, that you engage in consistent exercise, and that you have sufficient rest. Those are the basics of, of a healthy life. A healthy diet, consistent exercise, and sufficient rest. And seven hours a night is optimal when it comes to rest. If you're like me, caffeine gives you that jump start in the morning and maybe even helps you through the afternoon. We have to be careful about too much caffeine, especially late in the day, especially as you get a little older, because uh, that stays in your system and, and makes it so you don't rest well at night. So watch the caffeine. Now, I have a friend who's a medical doctor, and uh, when I did this as a workshop at the uh, the men's retreat that I spoke at back in August, I actually had him—he was there, and I actually had him spend a few minutes talking about the physical habits in your life that are important. And he spoke about the healthy diet, consistent exercise, sufficient rest— and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to do a podcast episode um, in which I will interview him. And uh, you'll get to hear from a medical doctor about your physical habits and physical life and taking care of your body as it relates to uh, somebody in your position as a pastor, somebody who deals with a lot of stress. And, and so uh, that'll hopefully be coming up in an episode in the not-too-distant future. All right, so we're talking about uh, these these practices. So we have communion with God, companionship with your wife, a close connection with each child, disciplined physical habits. And then here's another one, disciplined mental habits. How can you be a healthy pastor by having disciplined mental habits? We have to guard our thoughts. We have to discipline our minds against lustful imaginations feelings of superiority toward church members or sometimes even other pastors, Uh, anxiety. We can become anxious about issues in church life or in our family. I know from experience that sometimes on Monday, you know, if there was a, a difficulty or a problem or something just didn't go the way we thought it should or you know, somebody wasn't at church that that we thought should be there and maybe we wonder if they're leaving. Maybe they did leave the church, and we heard about that. But, you know, on Monday, sometimes we, we just stew about problems. The, uh, the problems that came to us over the weekend or on Sunday are on our minds. And, and I know I've been out there on my, my uh, lawn tractor mowing the grass and just my mind consumed with some person or issue that came up on Sunday. And it's natural. I'm not saying it's wrong, but... I think we have to learn to commit those people and those problems to the Lord so that we're not just burdened and not consumed and not anxious and not discouraged by those things. So guard your thoughts and learn to commit those things to the Lord. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is 
a passage that that if somebody were to come to you and and say, "Hey, pastor, can you help me? I have these these things on my mind, and I'm getting discouraged and uh, maybe just just feeling worried." You would say, "All right, let's let's talk about Philippians four, six, and seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." Now that's what you would tell him, isn't it? And I'm telling you, as your friend, Pastor. You need to do the same thing. Don't let anxiety dominate your thinking. Pray, give God thanks, ask him for help, let your request be made known, and just allow that peace that comes from God to to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I think another aspect of of having disciplined mental habits in addition to guarding your thoughts is to to be proactive with what you put into your mind. Of course, reading scripture but also reading and listening to enriching and stimulating resources, um, Christian books, uh, of course, podcasts, maybe like Shepherdology, um, but even even secular uh, books and resources. Now, we have to be discerning. We have to be careful and keep our minds pure. Um, but just, just uh, books, um, uh, resources that, that stimulate our thinking and, and even sometimes help us think about something other than ministry all the time. So read and listen to enriching and stimulating resources. Then I think part of disciplined mental habits also includes controlling screen time. You know, we've got a computer screen, phone, maybe a tablet, TV, and everywhere we go, we've got a, a screen in front of us or in our hand. And there are a lot of studies that are showing that anxiety and depression result from too much time on social media. I like to see what's going on in the world, you know, the news and in the evangelical world, uh, you know, follow different people on Twitter and things like that. But it's easy to, to just get caught up in those and, and uh, you know, fall in a, a hole. And pretty soon a half an hour is gone, an hour is gone. And, and so these um, screens can be a distraction during the day. They can even be a distraction in the evenings or on the weekends when we should be focusing our attention on our wives and on our children when we're at home. And so just control that screen time. Maybe it's sports on TV. Again, enjoy, you know, follow your team, but but uh, don't let that dominate your attention or distract you from the things that are most important. So disciplined mental habits, that's another practice related to pastoral health. All right, let's talk about another one. And this is one that, that I've worked at, and, and uh, I just want to maybe encourage you a few ways on this. Control your time. Control your time. One of the ways, uh, one of the practices of being a healthy pastor is to learn to control your time. Um, if you don't, somebody else will. And that can become a great source of frustration for you. And you have to learn to plan and use your time because if you don't, somebody else is going to plan and use it for you. Now, don't misunderstand me. You are um, a shepherd, and, and the sheep need your attention. And there are times when there are needs or urgent situations that you need to respond to. But a lot of times, we will we would do very well to plan our time and structure our time and be proactive with that. And in doing so, we're being good stewards of that time. 
uh, as a pastor, you have a lot of time at your disposal that is unstructured. It's easy to, to waste time. So other people can consume our time. We can waste time. So how do you control your time? Let me give you a few steps. First of all, know your mission. Know your mission. How would you state your mission as the pastor of your church? For me, it was simply this. Shepherd the flock God has entrusted to my care. Shepherd the flock God has entrusted to my care. Now, that's simple, but that guides me. I'm to shepherd. I'm to shepherd these people, not somebody else's people, not people on the Internet, but the people God has entrusted to my care, and I'm accountable to God for this. He has entrusted me. I am a steward. So that was a little statement I used to to help me remember my mission. Shepherd the flock God has entrusted to my care. And and then we need to know the, the responsibilities that are ours as a pastor. I spent a few podcasts on this early on in the beginning of, of the, the Shepherdology series. But just to quickly review them, what are the responsibilities of a pastor? The ministry of the word, spiritual care of the people, and leadership and oversight of the church. The ministry of the word, that includes public and personal, spiritual care for the people, and leadership and oversight of the church. So know what your responsibilities are so that you can prioritize them. And then have a schedule. Plan how you will fulfill your mission and your responsibilities over the course of a week. Lay out the times that you're going to spend on the ministry of the Word. Um, Prioritize and plan the times that you're going to spend caring spiritually for the people. Yes, we are responsive to needs, but we should also be proactive and plan times. And We're going to be with our people and be caring for them spiritually. And then plan and include times where you will practice your leadership and oversight of the church and put those into your calendar, into your schedule. And then the the fourth element of this, so know your mission, know your responsibilities, have a schedule, and then communicate to your people. You know, you may want to say something like this to your deacons or even to your congregation. I strive to be a good steward of my time. My responsibilities are the ministry of the word, spiritual care for you as my people, and leadership and oversight of the church. And I'm endeavoring to fulfill these to the best of my ability. And I usually set aside, let's say if this is what you do, set aside mornings for studying the Word and preparing to preach. And I just want you to know, if there's an emergency, um, I'm available for that. But if you call me or text me and uh, I'm studying, I may not be able to answer or respond immediately. I do care about you, and I will respond as soon as I'm able. I need to have a way so that people can reach you if there's an emergency or you know it's an emergency. But, you know, I don't think it's wise for a pastor to be always, always accessible to people because we have priorities. We have responsibilities. And we have to be careful and wise and loving in how we communicate that to people. But uh, I think it helps for them to know that. And I think it also helps to know and plan your productive times. What is it for you? Early morning, mid-morning, maybe it's the evening. And build your schedule around that time so that those hours can be invested in your most important responsibilities. There's a few resources that have helped me, and and there's some other practices that I won't get into here, some details. But I encourage you to read uh, 
Do More Better by Tim Challies. It's called Do More Better. You can order that online by Tim Challies. Very helpful book. Uh, a couple. Uh, another one is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, so those are some resources that have been helpful to me in uh, developing a discipline with my time and learning to control my time and accomplish the things that are priorities for me. So I'd encourage you to uh, to do that and uh, to learn to control your time. Now, these are basic practices of being a healthy pastor. And we've talked about several of them here today. Uh, we reviewed a little bit about communion with God. We've talked about companionship with your wife, having a close connection with each child, having disciplined physical habits, having disciplined mental habits, and controlling your time. Now that is a lot to think about, isn't it? But I just want to encourage you that these are important elements for you to think about and to take seriously and to consider, all right, is there one of these that maybe stands out to me right now that is in the most need of attention? Is there one that I've just really allowed to um, to wane and to to wither and to diminish in my life? Is there one that I really need to give attention to to bring it back to where it needs to be? I would encourage you to focus on that one. So think of which one that is and just prayerfully think about how this week you will give attention to that area. Ask for God's grace, ask for his wisdom, and then think through just the practical steps that you need to take. I always encourage you to have a conversation with your wife. She's your prayer partner. She is your partner in life. A lot of times, if you're adjusting your schedule or something like that, it affects her. It affects your family, so you want her to be in on those plans. So have a conversation with your wife about it. Ask for her to, to pray for you and to, to support and encourage you in this. And then just start taking those steps toward being a healthy pastor. And I think you'll find that as you do that, that, that other areas of your life will start to fall into place as well. And so don't be burdened. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel guilty by all the things I've talked about here today. And there are a few more that we'll talk about next time. But just be encouraged by the fact that, remember the encouraging truth we started with. God put you in ministry. You didn't choose it yourself. He put you there, and he will enable you to do what he's called you to do. And that includes being a healthy pastor. So take heed to yourself, as Paul told Timothy. Take heed to yourself. Think about the areas of your life that you need to cultivate and develop and discipline yourself in in order to be a healthy pastor, because a healthy pastor will make for a healthy church. And that's certainly what, what you want to have, and I'm sure that's what God wants as well. Now, I'm going to pray for you, and then we'll wrap up uh, Shepherdology here for today. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, and I want to pray that God will help you in your life and in your ministry here in the days ahead. So wherever you are, just uh, in your heart, would you please join me as I pray for you. Heavenly Father, we trust you. Our confidence is not in ourselves. When we look at ourselves, we find ourselves to be inadequate. We fail many in many ways. Uh, we struggle with sin. Uh, we are self-centered. But we claim the righteousness of Christ. We claim 
your calling on our lives as a promise to enable us to do what you've called us to do. So I ask that you will help my pastor friends to trust you, to redirect their trust in themselves toward you and your calling on their lives and your enabling power. And then I also pray that you will help these, my friends, to cultivate health in their personal lives. Or just as, as uh, John prayed for Gaius, I pray for, for these men that they would prosper in all things and that they would be physically well, that they would be strong and have stamina and energy and good health, but also that they would be thriving in their souls, that they would be spiritually healthy. So I pray this for their relationship with you, their relationship with their wives, their relationship with their children, their relationship with their church members and their church as a whole. I pray for them to be strong and energetic and healthy in all these things. And Father, I pray you'd give each one of them an understanding, a sense maybe of of one area to work on and grow in, and just the grace and, and wisdom to put these things into practice in the days ahead. And so I commit these, my friends, to you and pray for your great blessing in their lives, knowing that you will give it because it is your desire that we do well for you, and because I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'd like to connect with me, my website is deanhtaylor.com. You can email shepherdologypodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at deanhtaylor63 and also on LinkedIn. So if you'd like to connect in one of those ways, I would certainly appreciate and welcome that. And I look forward to getting together again with you, and we will talk shepherdology.